Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. Today I'm going to look at a grammar point um, because I've had lots of questions about this and I made a 10 minute YouTube tutorial about it but people tell me they only like 10 minutes of YouTube so I made it really short and really simple. So I'd like to go into more detail about each point. Um, you can find a lot of it on my website now. I've got the page ready for you with all the details. But again, um, a page on a website has to be quite brief um, and doesn't go into too much explanation. So the aim of this podcast is to explain a few more things in a bit more detail so that if you've watched the basic video on YouTube and you've read all the rules on my website, you might find this really useful just to clarify a few things in a bit more detail. Um, so the basic grammar is the difference between ing forms of the verb and the infinitive. Um, before we start, I know lots of, well, there are different, well, there are hundreds of rules, but I've tried to really simplify them. And I actually think they are simple if you look at it in this certain way. So the ing form, some people call the gerund. Uh, it's also known as the present participle, but that's slightly different again. So all I'm saying is the ing form is the verb with ing at the end. No matter what different reasons for using it, I'm calling it the ing form. And we're going to compare that to the infinitive, which is just the verb, but mostly with two. So two plus the verb. So what I would like to try to convey is that the ing form can be used almost 100% of the time like a noun. So if you just think of ing as a noun, then that eliminates a lot of the problems and the confusion. So the first example would be something like, I like swimming. All of those emotion verbs, I love swimming, I enjoy, I hate, I dislike, I detest, I don't like, I don't mind, I feel like or I fancy swimming. All of them are emotions. In the same way, you could say I like cats or I love dogs. In that sense, they are just like nouns and ing form is just a noun. Now, there are times when you can say, I like to swim. That's fine. Both are okay and same meaning. But I want you to think of the ing as a noun form. So that takes us to the next example, which is when you put a noun at the start of a clause. So you could say cigarettes, that's the noun, are bad for you. Or you could say smoking is bad for you. So smoking there from the verb to smoke. Here it's a noun, it's a thing. Cars are dangerous. Smoking is dangerous. Driving is dangerous. It's just a noun, a thing. The third rule about ing is after prepositions. I like this one because I think it's the easiest one 
Prep any preposition like in, on, at, or by, uh, for, uh, before, after, all of those, followed by ing, mostly. So, again, if you think about I'm good at swimming, it's the same as I'm good at maths. Maths is a noun. I'm good at chemistry. The subject is a noun. So, you can say I'm good at swimming. Swimming, ing, as a noun. But the easiest way to remember is after a preposition. So um, you shouldn't eat before swimming. Um, Don't go home without swimming. (laughs) Any of those would be ing. And finally in this group, there is a set of verbs which always take ing. And unfortunately, these you have to learn. However, I have a theory about them too. If you look at all of these verbs that take ing, they are very different from the verbs that take the infinitive. And they tend to be verbs which talk about avoiding the action or not doing the action or finishing the action. So here are a few, for example, Um, you've got quit, Uh, delay, postpone, fear, escape, risk, dread, um, deny, did I say deny? Deny doing something means you didn't do it. Um, You admit doing something, but that means the action happened before and now you admit it. Um, So those set of words use the ing form when they talk about something which is finished or they avoided the action. So I avoid swimming in winter, for example. There's another set in this group which starts with can't. Um, They are emotions like I can't stand swimming or I can't bear swimming. There's also I can't help, like I can't help laughing when I watch Mr. Bean. Or I can't imagine um, climbing a mountain. I can't imagine doing that. Again, you're avoiding that action. Um, There are, of course, exceptions. And I guess the two main ones are what I call dangerous verbs. Just grammatically speaking, there's the verb recommend and suggest. Be really careful with both of these. Um, So, for example, he suggested going to the party or I recommend going to the shop. They're followed by ing. Be careful with those because they don't take to and they don't take me. So you can't say he suggested me or he recommended me. Um, I'll, I'll talk about that later. So that is the basic rule for ing. Let's look now at to plus infinitive. I said that ing was more like uh, the end to something or finishing or avoiding something. I in, uh, sorry, infinitive 
is more like going to. So if you think about going to as a next action, then look at all of these verbs which are very similar. I have to, I hope to, I plan to, I promised to, I offered to, I agreed to, I chose to, I decided to, um, need to, prefer to. They all have the sense of the action coming after the verb. And that might help you to group them together. So if you compare something like, I like swimming, which is always true, and it's an emotion, compare that with, I'd like to swim. This time it's about a future action, a wish, an action that you want to happen. Secondly, uh, adjectives. Look at this example. It's too cold to swim or it's not warm enough to swim or it's easy to swim. It's easy to learn. All of these come after adjectives and then the infinitive is, I'm thinking 100% after adjectives. Ones that you know, nice to meet you, lovely to see you. Then there's a third rule, which is a purpose. Um, I came here to swim. Why did you come here? To swim. I came here to learn English. Again, the action comes secondly. So you came here to this place or to the school. Why? To do the next action, to learn English. Again, the, the use of to gives it a sense of purpose and future action. And there are other words that go together in that group of verbs that you just have to learn, really. Um, but they, they fit the same pattern. So um, we talked about agree to, consent to, decide to, choose to, hope to, plan to, even be able to, manage to, and threaten to, refuse to, fail to. Okay, again, they kind of break the pattern because they're more negative, but there aren't very many like that. There's a can't, can't wait to, I can't wait to see you, which looks forward. Um, there's also afford to, but this is usually with a negative. I can't afford to do the next action. Um, and then you get the whole list of verbs followed by to when you have to put a, a me or a her or them or him. So, for example, he advised me to stop. Those verbs where you need a subject. He allowed me to stop. She asked him to help. He challenged her to do better. They dared me to do it. My parents encouraged me to study medicine. All of those. There's a whole list of about 25 here, I think. 
my company wants me to relocate. They warned him not to invest. All of those take the the person and to plus infinitive. So we can group them in that sense. Again, a few exceptions are related to a same type of word. They're related to verbs of seeing and perception. So, for example, I saw him smoking. I caught him cheating. I found her crying. I noticed her leaving. I watched her dancing and I heard someone shouting. But it's only those six, really which take ing, all of the rest take infinitives. Okay, where are we? Right, so we're down to rule five now. These are just other ing expressions, but notice how they fit this pattern. It's no good complaining. It's no use complaining. It's not worth complaining. There's no point in complaining. They all have this negative feeling about the action, that the action didn't take place because um, it's not worth it. Um, then, of course, you've got another list which break the rule. Only five of them, I would say. So I look forward to seeing you. We said before, I can't wait to see you, but I look forward to seeing you. You just have to learn that. And then there are one or two with adjectives like I'm addicted to running. But both of these examples you could replace with a noun. I look forward to the party. I'm addicted to exercise. So again you can see how the ing form is a noun in these examples. This one is particularly troublesome. It's used to. We know that when you had a habit in the past, like smoking, and you stopped, you say, I used to smoke. That's a verb. But if you use the adjective and say, I am used to, it's followed by ing. So again, think of this as a noun. Think about if you move to England. Um, maybe the weather is strange at first, but then you become used to the weather. Um, used to then is an adjective, like accustomed to. So it's adjective plus to plus ing, noun form. <laughs> so, for example... Where do you drive in your country? On the left side of the road or on the right? Well, in, in the UK, of course, we drive on the left side of the road. And that's easy for me. I'm used to driving on the left. I am used to driving on the left. So it's not I used to drive. I am used to driving which means it's a feeling, it describes my feeling, like I'm addicted to running. Again, you could replace the ing with a noun. I'm used to British food, I'm used to the strange climate. 
I'm used to living in this country. It means it's normal for me. Okay, that's a tricky one and nobody likes it, but it exists and now you know. (laughs) There are some where you can use the same word or verb with the ing or infinitive and the meaning does not really change much. So this is point number six where you have the same meaning. So you could say I like swimming or I like to swim. So why do we choose one over the other? Well, I think I like swimming is just more natural, more common, more spoken maybe. Um, You could say it started raining or it started to rain. Um, He helped me prepare. No to, no ing. He helped me to prepare. It continued raining. It continued to rain. Same thing. The roof needs fixing. The roof needs to be fixed. Same, same. There are slight differences with one or two. So, for example, I hate disturbing you versus I hate to disturb you. Slight difference. What do you think it is? Well, when you say I hate disturbing you, this is in general. Like you say, I like swimming in general. I hate to disturb you. I'm sorry, but I'm going to disturb you. So again, the to suggests I don't like doing it, but I'm going to. Like regret to tell you, which we're going to talk about next. So next is number seven, and this is a very high level. I don't even start teaching this until upper intermediate, and they struggle with it. I think it's an advanced grammar point. But people don't really realize that it exists because um, the words are so familiar. So if you saw my Instagram post yesterday, I made a, a short video about this to try and make it a little bit clearer. In the video, there's a picture of uh, a man and a woman sitting on the sofa and they're not talking to each other. And the caption was, she stopped talking to him. So stopped plus ing means she was talking to him, past action, but then she stopped Now, in the second picture, you've got two people talking and one of them has obviously stopped what they were doing. So they were walking with their children. They stopped walking in order to talk to the man. So they stopped to talk to the man. Whereas in the first picture, she stopped talking to the man means the action was finished. But when he stopped to talk to the man, his purpose was to talk, to do the next action. And this rule applies to all of these difficult and complex ones. For example, I remember going to the zoo. You remember something which happened in the past before this time. It's a memory. But when you say I remembered or I will remember to do my homework, 
the action comes after you remember it. It's the next action. The same goes for forget. I will never forget going to the zoo. Going is the memory. It's the noun form. You could say, I'll never forget the zoo. Or, I remember the zoo. However, if you say, I forgot to do my homework, means you didn't do the next action because you forgot to do the next action. Try is another one. Imagine you can't sleep. What is your aim? Your aim is to sleep. So you try to sleep. But what do you do when you can't sleep? Most people try lots of things to see which one will work. They try maybe drinking hot chocolate. They try reading a book. They try watching a film. They try counting sheep. They try doing exercise. They try all these different things, nouns. So it's ing when you're trying different things like experiments. But it's try to do something when you have to make an effort to achieve something. Um, Regret is the same. If you did something wrong, maybe now you regret doing that thing in the past. In a letter, With bad news, letters often start, I regret to tell you. So the sorry comes first and then the next action. I regret to tell you that you were not successful on this occasion. Similarly, with go on to mean continue, he went on singing, means he continued singing. He went on To become famous means the next action. He, think about Ed Sheeran, he sang in the streets a lot, he went on singing a lot, but then he went on to become famous, to do something different. And finally, means. What does it mean um, when you do IELTS? It means working hard without a break. But then you have, I didn't mean to hurt you. It means I'm sorry that I did the next action. So those take a bit of practice. You have to read them in context, make sense of them, listen to them in lots of different contexts. And don't worry too much about them. They're not a huge, they probably won't confuse anybody if you got them slightly wrong. The context would probably help explain them. Okay, moving on now to more danger verbs. And these are the ones which don't need to. So it's just what they call the bare infinitive, just the verb without to. And really there are only two here. There's make and let. But notice what happens when you change from the active to the passive. So, for example, my parents made me work hard. Meaning, they forced me to work hard. So you could use that, but they made me 
work hard. No to, no ing. If you change this to the passive, something changes. It becomes, I was made to work hard. So that's why this verb is dangerous. And the same goes with a similar word, let. My parents let me wear makeup when I was a teenager. They let me. No to, no ing. But how do you turn that into the passive? Well, you can't. You have to say, I was allowed to wear makeup. So notice again in the passive, you need to use that infinitive with to form. Um, Other ones like that, I guess I would rather go, but I would prefer to go. I had better go and let's go. So all of those quite confusing. And then you've got modals, which don't take to or ing again. I should go. I must go. I could go. I may go. I might go, but I have to go. In the video, number nine talks about suggest and recommend again, but I've already mentioned those before. Just be careful that you don't say he suggested me to go. Um, That's not correct. So you could say he suggested a place, just the noun. He suggested going to the place. Or I suggest that you go to the place. So they're tricky. Go back and have a look at those in a bit more detail. Finally, we come to point number 10. And this point was what my student asked me before I started this blog, and that was how can I use ING in IELTS writing or in IELTS in general? Well, basically, as we've seen, ING can be used in, in, in so many ways, um, in, you know, depending on the verb and the context and the situation, blah, blah, blah. But certainly a few things could be useful for IELTS and one of them is starting a sentence with a noun form makes your writing more formal. So that is an important one to include in your writing without a doubt. Secondly, the ing form as a linking word. So it's not technically, it's not the gerund here. It's the present participle here. So it's not really relevant to what I'm talking about today, but I have spoken about it before in complex um, sentences. I've put the link there on my blog. So when you uh, link two sentences using ing, then it gives it a more academic and more complex um, level. (laughs) Um, So... For example, you could say using a linking word makes your writing more academic, comma, which results in a higher score. Or using a linking word, um, using ing as a linking word makes your writing more academic, full stop. This results in a higher score. But you could link those just by putting ing. You could put comma resulting in a higher score. 
Anyway, I'm not going to go to that into that in too much detail. Um, that is in another blog on my website about complex sentences. So to sum up today, um, as we have seen, there are rules. There certainly are rules. And the most basic one of all is that ing is just like a noun. There are exceptions. We've seen them. So what can you do? Learn the rules, obviously. Learn the exceptions. And then make sure that you're noticing them when you read. Read a lot. That's the simplest way to better writing is to read a lot. Notice examples every time you see them. Look at my blogs where I've put them in capitals and um, I've put the two so you notice how it's used. Do that for a week. Just focus on that for one week and it'll start to become automatic for you. And finally, just write personal examples to help you remember them. So for me, for example, I stopped smoking two year, 20 years ago. So yes, I used to smoke when I was in my 20s, but I stopped smoking when I was 30, for example. Um, yes, so get a book, put all of those sentences into examples that relate to you, that you can relate to and remember them more easily. So that is it. Um, if you're still listening, I've just got a story to share with you, just a little bit of listening practice, um, something I realized the other day. So I get my Wi-Fi from Virgin Media and for about two years now they've been putting up the price Every, say, three months, they put up the price and said, oh, we regret to tell you every time. We're sorry, but these things happen, blah, blah, blah. And every time it went up by three pounds and 50 pence. So even though I started on a quite reasonable 30 pounds a month, gradually that crept up. And of course, what do they hope? They hope that you don't really do anything about it. They hope you don't really notice the difference. They hope you just accept it. And to be honest, I did because I was worried that my main, um, well, my business is needs Wi-Fi, basically. It needs fast Wi-Fi. I do live streaming, live lessons, live Skype, um, Google Hangouts video. I need fast uploading a video. I needed speed. And what Virgin told me was because they've got fiber optic, whatever, then theirs was the fastest. And um, I really, really couldn't risk moving to anybody else. Um, I, I just couldn't risk that to my online business. And um, yeah, so, so I didn't. And I stayed and... The last time I looked, a month ago, it was costing me about 60, 62 pounds a month. So it had doubled in two years. So I thought this was getting ridiculous. And I just phoned another company, which is EE. By the way, I'm not selling any of these companies. I phoned EE just to find out how much they charge, okay? They charge £25 a month for everything. 
All right, so that's less than half of what I was paying. Um, I said, yes, okay, I might be interested. But the man on the phone was a really, really good salesman. And he said, why don't you just do it now? And oh, I don't, I don't like doing things like that. I need to think about them. But he completely brainwashed me into um, switching now. And he said, do it now. Within one month, you will have exactly the same, but for less than half the price. To be honest, I thought it was too good to be true. And as soon as I agreed to it, um, I regretted it. Um, my son was really worried that he'd get rubbish Wi-Fi, that he couldn't play his online games. Um, my husband was really annoyed that I'd agreed to this without consulting him. Um, EE came round almost immediately, didn't give me a chance to change my mind, although I'm sure legally I could have. Um, just didn't give me a chance completely. I felt really talked into it. And then the day came when we had to switch. If you see me on Instagram, you can see me climbing under tables trying to get the cables to work. And I absolutely dreaded this moment. I thought that would be a disaster. And anyway, what happened? Well, the service is just as good, if not better than Virgin. Much easier to use. Um, I've got rid of things that were completely wasting me money. I don't want all of Virgin's extra programs. I never watch them. I only watch Coronation Street and the news. So the Wi-Fi is better. There were no complications. And the point of my story is I wish EE had phoned me two years ago and told me that this, their service was just as good, if not better, than the one I'm paying twice the price for. If they had, I would have saved a lot of money, probably could have had a holiday on the money that I would have saved. So what's my point in telling you this? You know that I have an amazing academy course for people trying to get a good score in IELTS. The problem is, I don't always shout about it. And when people join, they say, if only, Fiona, you told me about this six months ago, this would have solved all my problems. But I don't like to do that. I don't know how I can do that without being pushy and salesy. I don't like, that's not my style, I'm a teacher. So all I can say is, I wish EE had told me about their service two years ago. I wish they had been pushy. I wish they had forced me to see how much better it was. So that's what I'm doing for you today. I'm telling you that my course, which I'm really, really proud of, is going to benefit you. It will be better than other courses and it will help you get the score that you need. I absolutely promise that because I know it does. And that's it. That's the end. Thank you very much for listening. If you got this far, I really appreciate it. And please let me know if you've got any questions or any requests. Thank you very much. Speak to you next week. Bye bye.